Hi friends and awesome moms. What you're about to hear is a conversation I had with my mother, which reflects our last class. I brought up some of the questions that came up in our awesome mom session in order to further our understanding, gain more clarity, and perhaps fill in some gaps. My mother, Mrs. Horowitz, is a parenting expert. She's taught hundreds of mothers in Baltimore and has done a pretty good job herself. She's also graciously shared her curriculum with us. I hope that our little rehash will help us continue in our pursuit of awesome momness. And with that, Ima. Okay, so we are going to jump into our topic of anger. Um, jump right back in. We are learning about the, um, the, the effects of angry interactions with our children. Um, we talked about in our last class that there's, um, we put them into five categories, um, of effects that, that, um, happen from an angry, um, from, from an angry reaction. So number one, we said the child feels unloved, um, some more than others, depending on their nature, but basically it's the, the, it's the opposite of an expression of love. Um, we said that they respond even more with the behaviors that we're trying to control with the anger. So it's basically counterproductive. Um, we said that the children can't learn in this environment. It's too tense. It's too, um, it's too tight and they get defensive and it's just not, not in learning environment. Um, number four, we said it, we totally can't be happy when we act in anger, it never feels good. It never feels right. It never feels comfortable and we can't create a positive environment. And the last thing we said is that we teach our children this incredible lie that, you know, other people can make us angry. You know, you made me angry. Um, and it's not, it's not the, it's, it's the least empowering message you could, you can give is that other people can control how you feel. People can bother you. People can annoy you. And ultimately people can make you angry. Um, so, so, so that's what we were talking about. And we, you know, we, we went through these effects and we, we, you know, we understand that anger is not, not something that we should, it shouldn't have a place in our homes. Um, but the question is really, we're all human. And as most of the things we learn in parenting, it's not all or nothing. Um, we're all going to slip up and we're all going to mess up and we're all, we're going to have, um, we're going to have those angry reactions. So the thing I want to talk today is more practical. It's afterwards, you know, when we have an angry reaction, now what, 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 where, where do we go from here? So, so what would you have to share with us? Okay. So I, uh, so I'd like to share two things. First of all, I would like to share that you're hundred percent right. We're human beings. And most people, um, and I will say most people pretty, pretty confidently, um, most people lose their temper. There, there's, you know, there's lack of sleep and there's lack of eating and there's things that come up and there's difficulties and there's people not feeling well. And, you know, we, we definitely, definitely lose our tempers. So it definitely happens. It's normal. And we, first of all, can't eat ourselves up about it. However, we have to realize um, that relationships are dynamic. Um, and, um, I, I, I want to call what we do positively with our children. I want to call them deposits. 
we have interactions, tens of hundreds of um, interactions with our children all day long. And hopefully most of those interactions are very positive. Um, uh, thank you so much, Molly, for putting away, putting away your knapsack and hanging up so nicely. It's so helpful. Thank you for setting the table, Maggie. Um, you did such a good job, and now we can eat supper. Yochad, um, um, the way you just treated your sister was beautifully, was beautiful, and um, and you know that that's such a, a a nice thing that you did for her. Um, thank you, so and so, for helping your brother with his homework or whatever it is. Um, or sitting down, come, she fly. I just want to sit and read you a story. Let's go play a game. Um, let's go outside bike riding. Um, I love going bike riding with you today. It was so much fun. These are all deposits, deposits, building relationship, showing your child how much you love them, how much you love being with them, and how important they are to you and how important they are as people. Um, all those things that we talked about, um, you know, those five um, five needs of children um, to develop a sense of importance and belonging. Um, all of those things that you're doing are deposits over and over and over and over again. And those all are deposits. Anger is a withdrawal. Um, we're taking something out. But if I just deposited 50 or 60 um, positive expressions or action of, of, of deposits, okay, so then there's a, there might be a withdrawal. Or three. The question is, how many deposits do I have every day? And how many withdrawals do I have every day? A person has to be cognizant. Um, someone might ask, well, do I have to keep score? Do I have to know exactly the number of withdrawals and deposits? So I'll tell you that psychologists will say that there should be a four to one ratio for positive deposits for every one withdrawal, for positive statements or interactions for every one negative. Now, if you put them to percentages, that means 80% of your interaction with your child should be positive. Um, that's a lot. And the reality is, if you keep, if you just keep a mental note for a few weeks on how many positive and negative interactions you have with your child, many mothers will come back to me and say they're appalled to realize that the vast majority of their interactions with their child are negative or semi-negative, like hang up your coat. So we'll say that's not negative, but kids view that as negative. I was that's just going to ask is, is every, is every interaction either a deposit or a withdrawal? Does it, could there be any neutral? Cause sometimes I, I think like, yeah, negative, the angry ones are once in a few weeks, you know, but if the question is what's considered what. Right. So according to most behavioral psychologists, kids um, view hang up your coat, brush your teeth, time to get pajamas as negatives. Those are withdrawals. So if we do that, you will be shocked to see what percentage are withdrawals as opposed to deposits. Now, really the first homework that I always give parents to do is just to be cognizant of an approximate number. You don't have to make yourself crazy. You don't have to be obsessive about it. Exactly every statement you make to write down, just be cognizant. Mm -hmm. And many will come back and say, it's four to one, but it's four to one negative. <laughs> it's four to one negative. That's what they come back and say. And forget about anger. It's just four to one negative interactions. So then I say, so now 
Yeah, I feel like I would have to keep the the kids up at night and just for an extra hour and just say, okay, stand in front of me and I'll just keep praising them over and over again until I get back up. Okay, but we know that that doesn't work either, that it has to be (laughs) organic. It has to be real, right? Right, right. So so I would say, so the first, after you're cognizant of that, then the next thing to be cognizant is every time I say something negative or I'm upset with them and I show anger to them, I can't do anything negative until I do something positive. So at least you're going to end up with 50-50. Okay. 50-50 is a good place to start. Once you have 50-50 and you're more aware, then you become more aware that you need to have more positive statements in your dialogue with your children, more positive interactions with them, uh, more deposits. And more deposits you make, the, the more you can get away with, if you want to say that, um, the negatives and withdrawals. Because we all have withdrawals. The question is how many withdrawals we're going to make with every deposit. So, so that's the first thing that I want to um, share. Okay. That um, that everyone has withdrawals. The question is, let's let's see how many deposits there are. And then the second thing that I wanted to say is, and you'll forgive me for a minute because it just flew right out of my head, but it's definitely related. Yes. And that is that even when we do do things, say things to our children that are wrong, we scream at them, we say something not nice to them, which we sometimes do. Um, That's an opportunity for chinuch as well. The chinuch is chinuch of, I'm sorry, the chinuch of, I made a mistake. The chinuch of take responsibility for hurting somebody's feelings. I don't say, well, it was their fault. She didn't do what I asked her to do, so I screamed at her. I say, I have no right to scream at another person. I have no right to lose my anger at you. I can be upset, but I have to control myself. So there's the apology. I'm so sorry, Shefala. Emo was wrong. I should not have raised my voice at you. Even though what you did was wrong, I should not have raised my voice at you. It's not, it's not a nice way to treat another person. And I'm sorry. That's very big. And it really teaches to taking responsibility. The biggest chinuch is modeling. modeling. Exactly. So I'm modeling apology. I'm modeling taking responsibility. Um, what parents teach their children when they say, you know, I can do what I want. I can treat you as I want. They're teaching their children that you can treat another person than you want. That's what they're teaching them. That does not take away from the need from of a parent to show children the right way. Again, as I said, I'm sorry for screaming at you. That doesn't mean what you did was right. It doesn't mean I have to correct you. But right. correcting doesn't screaming at you. Okay? So I think it's extremely important for a parent to apologize. And sometimes as we get better at this and as we stop losing our temper as our, at our kids, you know, to a certain degree because we become more cognizant of how, how bad it is for the relationship, you could be in the middle of screaming at your kid and realize, like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? You could stop in the middle. As the one woman said, it's very embarrassing. I'm screaming at my kid and I stop in the middle. I'm <laughs> stop in the middle. You're already, you, you already did something embarrassing. <laughs> right. Don't, don't continue it. Cut it short. You know, it's like saying something negative and to someone and then 
because you want to try to cover it up, you, you open your mouth again and stick the other foot in, you know, like just that, right. just that you could back in the middle and say, you know what? I need to go to the other room for a second. Cause I'm not acting nicely. I'm not acting nicely. Right. I'm going to the other room for a minute. You go to the other room, you collect yourself, you take a drink of water or anything else you need to take a drink of and you just collect yourself and go back in and say, okay, let's start again. What you're doing is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. You say it nicely. Um, it's such a, it's such a chanach for children, such a chanach. Or as one mother told me, she just lifts her head to the, to the sky as she's screaming, saying, I, I want to stop. Help me stop screaming. Help me stop screaming. She's diving to Hashem. Help me stop screaming. So she's doing something that is overwhelming for her, you know, and she wants to, she wants help. So she lifts her eyes to the Shemayim and asks for help, which is also a chanach for children. When I need help, that's where, that's where I go to. Right. Well, so not everyone is comfortable doing that, but if you're comfortable doing that, that's fine. If you need to leave the room and go to tell the kids, I'm not acting nice, I need to go to the other room, that's also fine. Or just leaving the room, not saying anything, and coming back and explaining mommy had to leave, because mommy was not acting nicely. We're all human. We make mistakes. I was not acting nicely, and I'm, I apologize. Right. As you're saying that, sitting, it sits really well with me. I think that's a very powerful message you know, to, to apologize and, and um, admit that the reaction was not okay. Um, I'm wondering if, if, that's, um, if, if that kind of interferes with, sometimes I feel like as parents, you have to be a little bit, not perfect, but like, I uh, have a hard time. Something about apologizing sometimes makes not, not that we need an authority not we need to have some kind of authority that's absolute as pa- i th- i think from what i understand we need to have some kind of authority that's absolute and it gives me the feeling that apologizing maybe says um especially to young children you know i could Im- imagine to a teenager or, or or an older child to be able to admit um is a is a, is a powerful thing, but to young children, um, does that give them a, a more insecure feeling? Do, so is I that, don't know is that, that with a two or, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but I don't think with a two or three, two year old or three year old, I would say, okay, mommy has to leave the room. Mommy's making a mistake. I wouldn't say those words. I would just leave the room or right. I would just stop, close my eyes and just stop what I'm doing. If I catch myself in the middle, but with a seven or eight year old, I would. It's a very um, developmental thing that, you know, developmental stage where they're learning to, to take responsibility. They hit someone in God or they hit someone in school or they treat someone nicely. They have to learn. They have to take responsibility for that. And you know what? It doesn't make you any less. I'm still your mother and I'm still telling you what's right and wrong. The way I was doing it was not nice and I made a mistake. I'm human. I, I, I think I think that it's scary for some parents to do it because they, they they need that sense of control and they think they'll lose it by um by saying the mistake but i think it's the opposite most children have a very hard time with adults that don't that aren't honest and don't take responsibility for things and do this not as i do um you know you're gonna say don't hit don't scream at your sister and i scream at you 
So why should I listen to you? Why should I listen to you? You don't follow your own advice. You don't follow your own directive. So usually what that happens is is kids lose respect for their parents. Right. Parents say don't lie. And then they go and then they go and lie. So it's a, there is a lot of parenting of do as I say and not as I do, and that does not go that does not go over well. Kids kids are very smart and they smell that right out. They're not interested. They're not respectful. So there's no place to so, tell a kid. You know, sometimes emas have to raise their voice because it's really not true. Meaning, technically, we don't really have to lose our voice. <laughs> I mean, raise our voice. So, so there, there, there is, there is a time for raising the voice. God forbid, if kid runs into the street, then there has to be a raising of the voice. But that's when there's life and death matters. Most, most of the situations we're in are not life and death matters. Um, and the truth of the matter is, sometimes when a kid is in a precarious situation, they're dangerous. It's not good to raise their voice because it could scare them and make it even worse. If a kid's standing on a very high shelf, you scream at them chances are they're going to pull the whole shelf down with them. Right. It's, it's much better to control ourselves, but we're getting a little off the topic now, but right. there are times when you need to, to, right. to scream because, because there's a, there's a danger involved. Right. Um, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about screaming in anger and screaming. Right. And screaming in anger is, is almost never. Okay. Right. No, I could see a parent who would want that who would want, let's say, to our younger children to give that feeling of security that your mother knows what she's doing. You know, just going back to my previous question, like there's a security. You can just give that message over. You can give that message over without screaming. You just feel very sternly. This is what we're doing, and this is what is right. This is not acceptable. Right. No. Assuming very we stern. did. I'm not saying. Assume, assuming we did, uh, the parent did scream already, and then. The par- so you could say uh, what, the message you want to tell them the message was correct because you cannot right. do whatever it is that I screamed at you about. It is not a nice thing to do. It is not right to do. It's not okay. It's not acceptable. There will be a punishment. Whatever it is that you want to say, but that doesn't mean you have to do it with anger. Right. They do tell a story. I forget who it was about some godal who, when he he would hit his children, when he would give them patch, he would wait until he was completely calm. And then he would pull them over and say, you did this and this and this a few days ago. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. That is not acceptable. I'm now going to give you a patch. So you remember, next time you want to do it, don't do it. It's not, you know, don't do it. So there's back and forth. People say, how can you possibly hit your child if you're not even upset? But it's not that you're not upset. It's not, an, I'm not hitting you out of my own anger. It's not, I'm not hitting you because I'm out of control, which is why a lot of hitting goes on or screaming. It's not about it's not about my loss of control. You need to learn that this is not okay. And when the Godfell did this, the hitting was still acceptable in society. I think in most societies say hitting is not acceptable. Um, Rabbi Hafer once told Abba that hitting is almost never okay, um, and it should never be done. Well, right. That's Rabbi Hafer, so I don't really have to give him haskama. <laughs> right. Wow. I can't, um, I couldn't even so you, imagine doing like like hitting or screaming if I wasn't angry. It just it wouldn't be able to get myself in like passionate enough to do that, you know. If if you're so not, so that's it has, telling what you're saying. Or it has to be that. It can, what you're saying is is not it's not for the child, it's for you. 
right. because of your mood and because of your feeling that you have to hit them. Why? Right. Anyway, hitting wow. really does not work. Hitting just makes it are so many withdrawals. You hit a child. You talk about the the the, the number game. The amount of withdrawals. The number game. Hitting is like it, it borders on abuse, and it's uh, it just just completely undoes relationships. Screaming also does. Verbal abuse is also huge, huge withdrawals. Kill a kid's you know self self worth, and it's it's very 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 dangerous. Wow. Um, okay. So, okay. This is helpful. So you're saying after it does, meaning it's going to happen, it does happen. And afterwards we can, um, we can first off, um, put in extra deposits and calm our, calm ourselves by realizing that the positives, um, can potentially outweigh what we just did. So that's great. And then the modeling of apologies of admitting that I lost it and it wasn't the right way to treat you. Um, and I made a mistake. Um, wow. Okay. Um, is there anything else um, related? And just to for an older child, with an older child, a child that's already over Barabbas Mitzvah, to after Mechila. Right. They, they, you know. If they if they hold something against you, that's something that you need to ask Mechila for. So that's very very powerful to a teenager. My mother's asking me for Mechila. That's very powerful. Right. Um, something to keep in mind. It's not, not simple. Right. Wow. Is there anything more encouraging that you know? <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's very encouraging. I you know I worked with a lot of parents, and I think just being cognizant of how detrimental anger is and working on the positives and working to do a 50-50 really, really changes changes a relationship. And I think you see the payrolls, you see the fruits of that work very quickly. Children very quickly, they're, they're like clay in your hands. They're, they very quickly change how they respond to you. And it, it's amazing to see that children who used to be responded to in anger or spoken to in anger or had very few deposits, when the parents work at flipping that, it really changes the dynamic very quickly. It's much faster usually than, than you would think. And, um, and, and, and it's, 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 it's exciting. It's exciting for a parent to see how much, um, how much talking positive to your children and giving them positive feedback and working on a positive relationship. And we've spoken about spending time with your children one-on-one, et cetera. Um, how much that, that does to, um, to counter the times that we do lose it because like you started off by saying we're human and we will lose it. But once there's so much good, we know when we have a good relationship, if we're in a good marriage, for example, and most of the action is very positive and very positive um, physical and emotional intimacy then when there's a fight okay that's okay we're very strong we have a very strong relationship so we had a fight now we'll get over it and we'll move on and we'll able to get through work through it um, so it's a little bit different between a husband and a wife but with, with children it's, it's similar 
if if my mother is so loving and so giving and so positive with me and physically and emotionally demonstrative in a positive way, then okay, she had a hard day or she, or I did something wrong or, you know, or we'll get through this and tomorrow will be a better day. That will be their feeling as opposed to, oh, here she goes again. She's losing it again. She can't control herself or, you know, I'm, it's not me. It's never me. It's her, which is often how children, um, kind of just turn off that consistently lose it exactly turn off exactly that's exactly right the switch is just bing it's off i don't even hear what you're saying anymore which is the other thing that we didn't talk about which was what happens if you have and we're not i'm not sure not dealing we're not dealing with parents constantly screaming the parents that are constantly screaming the kids don't even hear you anymore completely completely shut off right Mm -hmm. wow okay Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was You're very welcome. Super helpful.